You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, the News Talk giant of North Alabama. Hey, thanks for being with us. This is Right Side Radio, and I am your host, Phil Williams. And like the man said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Having the best time doing it, too, by the way. I got a, I got a sign right above my computer because I sit here in the studio studio that says it's an honor to have this platform, and I, and I believe that with all my heart. Thank you all for tuning in. You, you are the reason why this show exists. Copper is running the board. Miss Copper, good day to you. Good day. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Good to have you. And... Um, Listen, uh, we, we got a full show. I mean, there's there's a lot in this show. I mean, I say that every time, but I feel like every time it's even more true than the day before. So in a minute, I've got my monologue. We're going to talk about uh, how woke don't win wars. You'll hear more about that in a minute. At 2.30, a recurring weekly segment. I hope you're going to enjoy this one. Adventures in Woke World. You, you've, you've heard the spoofs. You got to laugh. Adventures in Woke World today is going to be a boot camp odyssey. What happens? What happens when... Uh, a modern-day snowflake goes to Marine Corps Basic. We'll find out. At 3.05, we've got a friend uh, coming on, State Senator Rusty Glover, who is now a candidate for state auditor, will be on the show telling us about his campaign. And then at 4 o'clock, another friend of the show, Matt Clark, who's been on a couple of times already from the Alabama Center for Law and Liberty, he's got an update on what's going on with Montgomery trying to implement an ordinance that would require uh, consideration of sexual orientation and gender identity in your hiring and firing practices to include private businesses and churches. And that's just uh, got some people's attention. Matt Clark's going to update us on that. But listen, all that to say, if you heard Dan Bongino earlier, great show. I mean, uh, Dan's always got it going on. Then we get to follow up with Right Side Radio. Following that is the great one, Mark Levin. I mean, the lineup in the afternoon here on WVNN is, is, is bar none is, is great. Um, I'm just proud to be a part of it. The, 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 my thoughts today is I'm, I'm looking at heading into, you know, the show. I'm putting my thoughts, literally, I, I put them on paper. I just, I mean, I, I spend time researching, writing, getting things ready. Half my day is getting ready just to be here with you. Did you ever see The Dirty Dozen, the movie? Okay. Classic movie. All-star cast. Donald Sutherland, Lee Marvin, Jim Brown, Telly Savalas, Clint Walker, on and on. I mean, wow. What I mean, it was a whole bunch of toxic masculinity all on parade. All right. A bunch of misfits and miscreants in the in the movie were forced together to accomplish a suicide mission. That was the storyline. There's one scene in there that still cracks me up. There was a straight-laced conventional colonel who was determined to like, you know, sandbag the dirty dozens operations and training. But it was because his pride was hurt, because what had happened was this this dirty dozen, the crew, they were on his post and he caught wind of it. And he was told they were top secret dignitaries, and he was determined to have Donald Sutherland, who was pretending to be a general, to inspect his troops. And Sutherland got a little carried away, his character did, and so inspecting them in fine fashion, not looking anything like a general, he paused at one point and said, well, they're very pretty, Colonel, but can they fight? At which point everybody cracks up and the jig was up and, you know, anyway. Well, listen up, military community, and I know my audience Listen up, military community. Alabama, by the way, has one of the highest per capita rates of veterans in its population. And I know for a fact that WVNN's audience is huge in that regard, to include Redstone Arsenal, where a bunch of you are still on active duty. Listen up right now, military community. We're on the verge, in my belief, of forging a force that looks pretty, but is not prepared to win our nation's wars. And hear me when I say this. 
I love our nation's military. I mean, my own service. I commanded troops. I've walked on the rough side of two war zones. I've served in the Pentagon. I've got three fused vertebrae in my neck from too much time as a paratrooper. I wouldn't change any of it for the world. But I do believe that gives me the absolute right to speak to the issues in our military when I see them. We had a term in Baghdad. It was called outside the wire. Here's the definition if you're not familiar. If you were inside the FOB or the base, that was inside the wire. Anytime you stepped into a hostile territory, you were outside the wire. And I will tell you right now, this is my point for the day. There is no room for woke outside the wire. You hear that? There is no room for woke outside the wire. Woke don't win wars. I'm watching daily as our nation's fighting force is being told, instructed, coached to believe that the cause for which they serve is not honorable anymore. I mean, there's real reports. Like, for instance, just in the last few days, a report came out of Fort Bliss that, being, that soldiers there are being forced to wear IDs during diversity and inclusion training that made them list their race, ethnicity, social class, and other identifying characteristics, none of which has anything to do with military readiness. Or how about Navy Admiral Mike Gilday, who suggested in June that sailors should read a book called How to Be Anti-Racist by an extremist author named Abram X. Kinde. Although the title sounds appealing, because, you know, the vast majority of Americans don't even want to be a racist, the contents of the book insist that America is racist in its history and continues to be even today throughout all of society's structures. Or how about an Air Force squadron that was recently required to do what they call a privilege walk, where the members of the squadron were told they had to take a step forward in formation, and if they were members of a certain class, for example, first all the men had to step forward, then all the white men had to step further forward, and then this continued on through every point of so-called privilege until they had reached all of their intersectional hierarchies, and the idea was to physically separate people and more or less demean and diminish those who were deemed to have had privilege, implying they didn't get where they were in the military because of their merits. Or how about one more? Because the list does go on. In a DOD-wide training school recently, students were required to share with the class what they called a, quote, significant emotional event in which they admit their privilege and repented of racism and sexism. And the whistleblower report on this stated that it was targeted toward white students and especially white males. And if one chose not to say what was expected or if the instructor didn't think it was sincere enough, the student could be failed and risk a damage to his or her career. That's just wrong, all right? These and many other stories are becoming a part of our woke culture in, in even civilian society. And for some reason, that's been allowed now to bleed into the ranks of our military. And when you stand next to each other in the face of a common enemy, you cannot win wars if you do not trust the members of your fighting force to the left and right of you. Let me tell you about a real-life episode, something that happened to me, that I think in a nutshell tells about who we are as a nation. It was Baghdad, 2004 a story that I've told pieces of before, but I don't know that I've ever gone into this public of a forum and told the whole story. But in Baghdad 2004, I was a civil affairs officer attached to an infantry battalion on a small fob in the middle of central Baghdad. We were smack in the middle of what was called the, the Shia uprising. The Mahdi militia was the organization or the, or the group that was, that was causing all the strife and trouble. My particular fob was very small. It was right near where you saw the Saddam statue being torn down. In one particular five-day period, our operations officer tracked over 120 rounds of mortar and rocket fire that hit on our base. And by the way, our base was about the size of a football stadium. And, and in the middle of all of that, though, we did more to work with people outside the wire than ever. We, I was literally daily outside the wire with my team, working with members of the new government and trying to help in the midst of combat operations for, for the new society to stand up. And in the process of that, I developed some real relationships. And one of those was a man by name, name of Dr. Abdul Qadam. 
And Dr. Cottom became an actual friend to me, an Iraqi man who spoke English. Every time he saw me, oh, Williams, how are you today? Just the nicest guy. And Dr. Cottom was the chairman of the first ever elected city council in central Baghdad. He and another man named Sheikh Majid. And Sheikh Majid and Dr. Cottom were the victims of a targeted assassination attempt. I got a call one morning. Believe it or not, I had a special cell phone that certain people in the community could reach me on. It was very limited in use. But it rang one morning real early. I was still laying in the rack. And, and, and literally, I, I, the phone rang. I'm thinking, the phone never rings. What is going on? I grabbed the phone. It's an American, Iraqi, uh, Iraqi American who was there to help the new government. And he's yelling on the phone to me, Major Williams, Major Williams, Sheikh Majid is dead. And Dr. Cottom, I, he may have survived, but they took him to the hospital. I said, I said, Steve, what is going on? He said, it was a bomb. They set off a bomb in their morning cafe where they have their coffee. And, 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 and Sheikh Majid is dead. He said, I'm going to the hospital to try and find Dr. Cottom. I said, I said, let me know what happens. And I grabbed my rifle and ran to the talk. So I get to the talk, the operations center, and I alert the battalion staff. And the battalion commander is, is it's, a, it's part of his wake-up criteria. Somebody goes and gets him. I get another phone call immediately from Steve Kamal. Steve says, I'm at the hospital. I found Dr. Cottom. He is bleeding from the head, but they won't treat him. They say it's more than they can handle. And I said, Steve, what do you need? And he said, can we get him in the cash? And for those who don't know, the cash was the combat surgical hospital where U.S. soldiers are treated. And I looked over and I had the phone to my ear and the whole battalion staff staring at me. And there's Colonel Hendrickson, Lieutenant Colonel Hendrickson, Dan Hendrickson was our battalion commander. And he says, he says, what's up? And I said, sir, he wants to know if we can get him in the cash. He did not hesitate. He turned around and looked at somebody and said, launch the QRF, add an ambulance to the, to, the, uh, to the QRF and get them out the gate. Williams, where are they going? So for the next half an hour, I stood there with a military radio in one ear and a cell phone in the other, talking to Steve Kamal, who, by the way, stole an ambulance, who literally told me, I'm stealing an ambulance. I said, go for it. He steals an ambulance. He puts Dr. Cottom in it, and he rolls him out and, and literally links up eventually on a bridge we call Jamoria Bridge with me saying, do you see them yet? Don't shoot. He's a friendly. And we're going back and forth on how to get them linked up. They got him in the cache, which was no small thing because it was inside the green zone where the U.S. Embassy was. And they saved his life. And the story didn't stop there. Because at some point we recognized that Dr. Cottom was still a target. And Colonel Hendrickson made a decision that I'll never forget. Besides launching the QRF on that one fateful day, he also decided to bring in Dr. Cottom and his family. And they lived inside our small fob while he recovered. And they ate our food and our medics treated their wounds. And their little boy watched Americans care for them like normal people. What I'm telling you is this. That is who we are as a people. That is the United States military in one event with combat skills and medical skills and fortitude and the willingness to go outside the wire and do something for people that don't look like them, act like them, talk like them, but we did it anyway because he was one of us as far as we were concerned. That is who we are. And I'll tell you right now, if you're in the sound of my voice and you wear the uniform of this nation and someone tells you you need to take a privilege walk, or embrace Marxism, or to view yourself more by the color of your skin than the color of your uniform, you tell them to pound sand. Because woke doesn't win wars. There's no room for woke outside the wire. And by God, that's not who we are as a nation, and that's not who our Department of Defense is. Be proud of your service. I'm proud of it. And that's a wrap for the right side way. Mm. Well, listen, we got a full show. I'm going to sit here and recover from that one, because that one ran deep. But, uh, 
I'm excited about this day. I mean, we're going to have some fun. We're going to laugh. We're going to talk with some good folks. And we're going to talk about what it means to be a conservative. Hey, let me remind you, you are not alone, all right? There is a, there's a ton of other folks out there. And like, my, like Charlene always says, my wife, she says, there are more of us than there are them. And that's right. Arm yourself up with some ideas and some facts. Be ready for the discussion. When that water cooler conversation starts up, you let them know. I listen to Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. We'll be right back after this.